seven, six, five, four, half down, stand back. Hello and welcome to Ape for your UK Ape Scale Off-Road Podcast. This is episode one and I am SJ Chandler. With me in the virtual studio is my co-host Mitch Booth. Hey Mitch, are you there? Hello SJ, I'm here. I'm good mate, how are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. Good, good. How's the race been going for the few weeks then Mitch? Yeah, really good mate, been having a lot of fun. Just straight off the Nationals and then a bit of Asher Turf at the weekend. And as we are, as we're speaking, I'm just doing a bit of wrenching. Wicked, the weather's not been too bad for the racing, eh? Uh, for up north, it's not been too bad. Oh, not too bad. <laughs> cool. So let's dive right in and get our guest on then, Mitch, yeah? Yeah, sure. Cool. So I'm just going to give our guest a little intro. Tonight, we speak with National A finalist Graham Sloppy Allsop. Graham has been racing competitively since 1992, and his main sponsors are HB Racing, Answer RC, OptiFuel, and Schumacher Racing. But there are many more in the background that help support Graham's racing to make it all possible. These are TKR Graphics, RPRC, RC Pitbox, Bandicoot Bodies, and IB ProStar. Graham has competed in such big events as the Worlds, Euros, Nationals, Neo Buggy, and Reedy Races. Graham is a generally all-round nice guy with a huge dedication to RC. So, guys, enjoy our interview with Graham Bullsop. Hello, Graham. You there? Yes, mate. How are you, dude? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Bit tired from, uh, from alt racing that we keep doing and the work, but you know, life goes on. Cool, cool, cool. So, we should we dive right into the questions we've got for you then, dude? Yes, mate. Let's start. Okay, okay. Right. How old was you when you first got your RC car? Oh, I don't know about that. That's a long time ago. Um, probably, I think, I think I was nine. Nine years old. Yeah, that's a long time ago. And uh, what was your first RC car? Uh, my first RC car was a, uh, a Catamia Grasshopper, which, if I remember rightly, I got as a Christmas present one year. Cool, cool. How long did you have that for, and did you break it? Uh, not very long. Um, shall, we, shall we say it must have had a design fault, because I snapped the chassis in two. <laughs> <laughs> so when, uh, when did you first get your 8-scale car then, Graham? Because you, you're mainly 8-scale now, well... Totally eight scale now. I know you used to do a bit of tenth, but when did you first get an eight scale car? Um, the first time I ever driven and had an eight scale car were in nineteen ninety seven. I just did one season, uh, just just for something to do. Bought it for a bit of pocket money, and uh, yeah, the rest is history, really. So ninety seven, did you say? Ninety seven. Ah, oh, so I, I was just a year old. Okay, <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Drop that in there. Thanks for clarifying that. <laughs> so Graham, how long have you been competing in Nitro? Um I think apart from the year that I did in ninety seven, um my first full season were in two thousand and two. Cool. And uh what was your most uh, memorable first place? Um my memor I mean, before I ever did any uh, rallycross, I competed in nationals, uh, one tenth nationals for a long time. Uh, okay. I did my first national in, oh, let me have a think about that, 1992. Um, and that was, uh, obviously, I weren't very good back then. Um, I never actually managed to finish last at a race meeting, but I were close. Um, 
you know, but you have to start at the bottom. We're only young. Um, so I did, uh, did one tenth from 1992 to 2001. Um, competed in many European and world championships and stuff. Um, but to answer your question, uh, my most memorable first place was my f- first ever national win. Um, that were in 1998, which were where, sorry, sorry, mate, uh, that were at Springfield, um, down south somewhere, um, in a a grass field with some pipe thrown down, (laughs) uh, like it used to be in good old days. What what car was that? Uh, That was um, 10th Technology Predator. I Um, couldn't say I've even heard of one of them, mate. Me neither. I've still got it. Uh, it's awesome. Um, back in the day, it was, uh, yeah, it was somewhat special. It was very fragile. Um, you have to make sure you have to not even like clip anything or, or it were they were cornering enough it. Oh, um, no. But that I think you know for its day, it was very advanced and yeah, that first that first win felt pretty special. Yeah, to uh, manage to TQ round one. 111th in round two because I snapped it. <laughs> um, and then TQ'd rounds three, three and four and won all three legs at main. Awesome, man. Um, yeah, yeah. Awesome. It were uh, he's like pretty special that were. It were it were an easy it were an easy long drive on. <laughs> yeah, just uh, ask you another question there, mate. Sorry to jump in, but what were the trophies like? Um. Well, they used to be trophies and not just pieces of card. Uh, <laughs> um, they were, yeah, they were pretty decent back then. I mean, you know, for a first place, you know, for a TQ, you used to get a a pot um, that you used to, in theory, drink beer out of, I guess. Um, it used to go in your trophy cabinet. Um, yeah, trophies were, you know, probably at least a foot tall and, yeah, used to be worth going to win. I definitely think, I, I don't know, you might agree with me, when I first started racing, uh, like Stoke Nitro and stuff, trophies used to be good. Yeah. Like, used to be good trophies. Yeah. I think they're slowly going down bank, aren't they? Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it, it's a difficult one, that. I mean, I used to race every weekend when I were a kid. Um, and what what used to be sort of quite good back, you know, back in the 90s uh, were, you know, if you attended a little meeting that were a trophy meeting, trophies were reasonably little. Um, and then if you went to, you know, a bigger event, you know, I'm going to call it a regional, if you like, um, the trophies were bigger and they actually meant something to people that were winning them. So yeah, they were, they were a, yeah, they were a scale for kind of what you were going to race at. Um, but, you know, that said, you know, when you're collecting a trophy every weekend, if it's for F final or A final, you know, what do you do with it when you've when you've won it and you've had it for thirty years? Yeah, yeah. you know, I remember uh, when I when I first moved out of my parents' house, they made me take all my trophies with me, um, <laughs> and we uh, we went up in loft to collect to to get them all down because we put them all in some boxes up in loft, um, and before we before we actually chucked most of them away, um, that we we kept, I kept the ones that actually meant something. Yeah, um, and we went through a tally chart. Uh, I actually did a tally chart for all the every trophy that I'd ever got, um, 
just for something to do. Um, and I've still got the spreadsheet, and there were there were a, there were way more um, FTQs and first places than there were anything else. Um, <laughs> which is which is ridiculous, but you know, back it back in day when we were we were kids and we were racing often and we were racing at club level, you know, they were uh, we we tried hard and we come through ranks quick and you yeah. know I think hopefully that still shows today. Yeah, 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 yeah. So moving on then, Graham, where is your local track and uh, your local hobby shop? Uh, local track. Closest track to our house is a, a track called Deerdale Off Road, uh, which is uh, at towards Newark in Midlands. Uh, that's where uh, Mitch just mentioned that he were at the weekend. I think. Yeah. Um, good there. Yeah, good. yeah. It's really good. It's it's Ashley Turf. Um, not everybody's cup of tea, um, but you know, for them people that want to go racing um, all year round, um, cheap racing because there's. Very little tyre wear. Uh, yeah. I think it's good for, you know, the AstroTurf stuff's pretty good for people that don't want to spend 50 or 100 quid on dirt tyres every weekend. Yeah, I think, yeah. I think the biggest thing when it comes to AstroTurf is we all know that you have to trim a lot of the nobbles off the tyres. And considering you've just spent 50 quid on a set of tyres, do you really want to cut half of them off? Yeah, but that set of tyres might last you six months. <laughs> that is also true. Uh, yeah, it, it's actually cheaper in the long run. So it's, I don't know, say you had two sets of dirt tyres at a, a local dirt track. You do, you have a, a stormer of a run. It's almost in your head that you need a new set of tyres on, isn't it, for the next one? Yep, 100%. <laughs> Whereas you yeah. can go to an AstroTurf track and have too much grip and, and be looking for some bold ones. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, what's in your current setup at the moment, Graham? Um, chassis wise and radio gear wise, I assume you're asking. Yeah. Um, chassis. Um, I've been racing the hot body slash HB racing uh, chassis for the last ten years. Um, currently D eight nineteen. Um, awesome piece of kit. Um, basically, you know, very little hot ups required. Fully loaded kit, including J concept body shell. You know, everything that you need to just bolt your radio gear in and go, basically. Um, yeah. Engines, um, not really got any sponsorship or anything for engines. Just kind of use use whatever's flavour at day, really. Um, and uh, what engine are you currently using? Um, currently got a Nova Rossi Mephisto in. <laughs> very, um, very smooth, very efficient. Um can't fault it at this moment in time. Really, really, really gelled with it. You're, you're, you've always been a ten-minute man, aren't you, for the engines? Um, pretty much. I mean, I remember, you know, I remember years and years and years ago uh, when we used to use the RB engines and the C6s. Them, them engines were very good. Um, you know, this. I think for a long time the engines have been very stable. Not a lot of advancing, maybe more power, but. Yeah. No more efficiency. Yeah. Uh, and I mean the the Nova Rossi that I've currently got in now, I think reminds me a lot of the RBC six, uh, which I used to really like. Really efficient, always used to be one stopping. Um the OS engines, um, the spec twos, the you know, the bullets, the 
they've never quite been as efficient, but the power the power's been fantastic. Yeah. Uh, I think this Nova Rossi is maybe a fraction down on power, uh, but for sure is very efficient. Yeah, I think it makes a difference with like our British nationals and stuff. You know, if you're if you're battling out and you know you've got to do a one stop, and the other guy you're battling with's got to go two, you've got ten seconds, eight or ten seconds on him. Yeah, for sure. Just sit with him, can't you? Till yeah. till the field stops come in, and then that's yeah. when you really put your foot down. Yeah, yep. and you know you can sort of play a bit of a strategy game on that as well, can't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I think everyone in your sort of caliber up in that sort of A final, everyone's doing ten minutes anyway, are they not? No, not always. No, I'm surprised. No, I mean you know we the the meeting we were at this weekend were a 25 minute final, um, and and some of the guys are doing three stops. Um, so they're kind of doing six, you know, let's call it six forty sevens, um, you know. Whereas, you know, I, I got calculated fuel for eleven thirty-five, so I'm, you know, I can decide if I'm coming in at eight twenty, or I can decide if I'm coming in at ten and a half. Makes yeah, a big, got a big difference. Pit window there. Race strategy, doesn't it? Yeah, you got a big window, so it can help a lot. So, so the nitro engines have evolved with few efficiency and reliability since you started. Oh, massive, massive! I remember, you know, I mean, you know, years and years and years ago, they had pull starts attached to them. <laughs> <laughs> you know, perhaps not, perhaps not for uh, national level, um, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I remember having a Pico um, years ago, um, you know, and. It's not. It wasn't the engine that it is today. Um, you know, even the the boxing and the packaging, and you know, it's it's changed. It's changed a lot. Um, you know, especially the oil bathing. Um, you know, that has changed. I mean, I get my my engines oil bath by Pete um, at Answer RC. Um, yeah. You know, and to take it, you know, years ago you'd spend a day, two days. You know, a gallon and a half, trying to cut it in to make it reliable. Yeah. Um, you know, I order an engine from Pete. It turns up. It's been oil bathed. I put it in. I still treat it. Yeah, I still treat it with respect. I still, you know. Yeah, yeah. Look after it. Look after it for a, a couple of hours. Um, but after that, you know, just turn the needles in and make it do twelve minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely, it's. De- I think it's definitely evolving. It's the oil oh, bathing. It's just uh, it, it's coming from the sort of real world cars, and it? it's coming from big it cars. Must, it must over. be. I mean, I had a, an OSB two R, which I had in twenty sixteen, um, and I mean that that was my first engine, uh, my first Maxima, and my first oil bathed engine, um, and and that did that did twelve gallon. Um, never, yeah. never changed rod. Changed, had a few bearings in it. Um, I've still got it. Um, I've not blown it up or anything. Um, you know, it's still, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty soft on compression. But, yeah. you know, it wouldn't have done that if it hadn't been oil bath and looked after. No. Definitely. So, yeah, definitely come on a long way. Have you, are you an oil, are you a, an after an oil man? Because it's like a myth. Some people swear by it. Some people don't swear by it. Uh, what, what's what after an oil? There we go. 
That's answered the question. I think I've never heard of it. Sorry, I, th- I think after one more oil is more for storage purposes. But if you use your engine, you know, week in, week out, I mean, what's four weeks between uses? And it's not well, much. I, I don't know. It's a difficult one. That I mean, you know, <clears> I see people putting after run oil in engines that are going to fire them up day after. Yeah, uh, absolutely. I think it's a waste of time. And, and when you listen to them engines fire up, and you know, you always hear somebody going bloody after an oil. You know, yeah. I can't. You know, I've got. I'm, you know, I've got to run it for ages. It's all choked up. It, you know. So, you know, do you do more harm than good? Do you end up losing a tune in your first run? <laughs> um, it, it's yeah. I mean, you know, we with the fuel that that I use, the OptiFuel. Um, you know, you could open one of my engines up tomorrow. There's no corrosion. They don't wear out. You know, prime example from that MX. Um, you know, they just they just look clean inside and you know the corrosion happens from the the uh methanol attracting water um so you know the methanol's still in there um but you know for some reason i guess if you look after them you store them in the right place you don't you don't leave them in your your bathroom or yeah in, in your, yeah in your shed or you know Take them to bed where they'll last forever. <laughs> so just carrying on with the rest of your uh, current setup, what servos are you currently running in your kit? Um, Servo-wise, SRT. Um, started using them in about, I think it was January or February. Uh, they come from Matt Bridge. Um, they've been awesome. No problems whatsoever. Do you know the model numbers? Um, I don't, mate, off the top of my head. They're just, they're just servos are you running? <laughs> Yeah, you always go for a slower server. Uh, these don't ones you? are actually uh, they, they are they're at, oh, sorry they're at, they are are there. I can't even speak now. They are the newest ones, I believe. Yeah, the are, they na- are they nine two sevens or nine two sevens? Yeah, two. Yeah, I mean they are way too fast for me. Um, <laughs> so I've, I'm actually running mine on a, a six volt nickel metal hydro. I believe it or not. Yeah, I can't believe you did. I can't believe it. Um, I even thought about taking a sell off it. 99.9% of the time, Sloppy beats me. He's on Nicola. We're still racing at 90s here. <laughs> right, so moving on then, guys. Uh, Graham, what uh, brand do you use currently? Uh, well, shall we just, uh, whilst we're talking about servos, I might as well just mention that yeah, I, use, uh, I use the Samwar stick radio. Um, current, you know, current spec ZZ. Um, and the f- the fuel, which I obviously run, the, run my car on, uh, is OptiFuel, 25%. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that kind of puts you in the picture of, you know, what I'm currently using and, you know, what's uh, what's in my race brands. Mm-hmm. It's a good setup. It is indeed a good setup. So then, back to my uh, question just now. Then, uh, what tire brand are you currently using? Um, it it varies really. Um, got no sort of ties on 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 tires. No tire deals. I think tires is one of the most important things that that sort of goes on. Um, yeah. Obviously, chassis and engines very important. Um, Tires. If you turn up somewhere and you've got the wrong ones, you've you can be in trouble. Um, 
So generally, you know, if we talk about AstroTurf, I get my tyres from Schumacher. Schumacher's looked after me for the last 35 years. Um, sounds like a long time, but it must be about must be about <laughs> that. Definitely 30. Um, so me, me Schumacher, me Schumacher tyres for AstroTurf racing comes from Schumacher. Um, and then from a, a dirt tyre point of view, I've been running Proline R Hot Race at the minute. Okay. And what are your uh, go-to tread patterns and compounds for UK tracks? Um, the tracks are pretty clean these days in the UK, mostly all oiled. Um, so generally a small pin, um, all shot probably if it were Proline or Bangkok. Um, if it were Hot Race, race. seems yeah. to be uh, sort of my go-to favourites. Mm-hmm. And that would be sort of soft, super soft compounds? Yeah, yeah. I mean, generally with the oil tracks, you need the softer, the softer compounds. So M4, M3, or yeah, UK Super Soft or Super Soft, I think is uh, is my general go-to at the minute. Cool, cool. So, uh, what tools and brands do you use when wrenching on your cars? Um, apart from uh, the obvious that everybody's got to have an attached screwdriver, so, uh, so you don't have to do too much <laughs> wrenching. Um, yeah, yeah, not not really. Sort of anything in particular. Current tools are Ultimate Racing. Um, no, no, no deals on tools. Just keep your tips nice and sharp, and yeah, don't round your screws off. <laughs> I'm a big fan of the MIP tools, and I know Mitch is as well. Yeah, the the good. I'm, yeah, uh, I'm currently saving up for some of them. <laughs> <laughs> Dirt or Astro? Dirt or Astro? Um, I, I'm, I've got to say dirt anti or I'll have so many haters yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I do I do like a good Astro I will admit um, yeah. this you know up, up north as you uh, as you kindly put it earlier um, you know if there's no dirt tracks uh, it's all it's, primarily it's all Astro, Astro there's more it? Astro tracks than there is dirt tracks in UK so you have you have to like a bit of Astro, or you're not going racing it winter. Yeah. yeah. Saying that, I went. I, I haven't. You know, I haven't done any Astro for a no. long time, and I haven't been to Deerdale since the Deerdale National, which was what? Yeah, three yeah. years ago, at least. So I thought, let's do it. Took knee buggy because it's just hassle yeah. free. Tesla Cup was on, so I went to the end door on the Wednesday. Had a go, and I was like. God, this is quite good yeah. fun, actually. It's yeah. clean. Same set of tyres all yeah. night. Same set of tyres all day, exactly. don't they? <laughs> <laughs> chips. And how many sets of tyres did I use at the weekend? Five? I used four? two, actually. Um, and, oh, a, and a lot of remoulds. Um, but, ah, you, you know, the point, the point is, you know, you use some old tyres and it, it costs you a bit of fuel to get there. Yeah, yeah, I definitely recommend it for for just wheel time, yeah. if anything, just stick time. And did and Deerdale's a a nice a nice circuit. Uh, yeah, it is. you know, yeah. it, it makes you think. It's you know, when you get a lap together, it feels good, and you know, nice friendly guys up yeah. there. Yeah, definitely couldn't agree more. Do you change your car fresh though at all, Graham? Very, very little, to be honest. I think uh, the the HB chassis. Uh, is very well sorted to be honest i think um you know some people claim that you know going up on diffs it's the right thing to do for astro i think you can 
think you can make a car ultimately faster per lap. I think that you can make it a, a very, very much harder to drive per race. Um, yeah. If you do that, um, so maybe a fraction lower on ride height, um, but generally, generally, yeah, change it very little. Just, uh, just cut them pins off. Just cut them pins off. Yeah. What about stiffer roll bars? No. 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 Not fair enough. <laughs> Same with me. Same with me. At weekend, I, I put pins on, lowered it like three mil all round, yeah. and a, um, looking at it now, I think I changed the front springs to a stepper yeah. spring. That was it. Yeah. and just ran it. Which is same diff, yeah. same everything. Which is which day. is just you know easy racing. Yeah, easy racing, wheel time. Yeah, and, and loads of fun. Loads of fun. That's and whipping everywhere. <laughs> 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 Do you run any other eighth off-road classes like e-buggy or truggy, Graham? Um, over the years, I have. Um, I've done a little bit of e-buggy. Um, TQ and I won a few of them nationals. Um, same, uh, same with truggies. Um, but, but for me, it's all about eighth scale. Um, you know, all main, all main competitions at eighth scale nationals. Um, you know, and it's, it's just about. It's about track time. It's about learning. It's about you know racing against the people you race against. Um, yeah. You know, and you know, f- for me, you know, tuning the engines, being at the front of the game, getting the mileage, working the stuff out. You know, is uh, is more fun than driving three classes and not necessarily being being a sharp at any of them as you could be if you just did one. Yeah, so, you just want to focus on the one and be as best as you can be. Yeah, yeah, and I and I enjoy that. Yeah. So, so Graham, uh, you know this is this banter, but yeah, I'll say it. With you being quite an old boy now, you you've travelled a lot, you've seen a lot of tracks. Where's the furthest you've ever been? Um, race. Probably, probably um, the worlds in 1997, uh, which were held at Pomona in California. Wow. Just 16. Just 16. <laughs> Who went with you? Uh, I went, uh, my dad took me, um, we, and we went with RC friends as well. Um, yeah. Paul Bradby and Matt Moore, a uh, couple of lads that I knocked about with as a kid at racing. A um, couple of nice guys. They were, this were obviously back in the 10th days. Um, they weren't racing, they'd just come out for a. Uh, I say an holiday and to see what it were all about. Um, yeah, awesome, awesome venue. Yeah, the whole experience, I guess. Was yeah, yeah. We went out, at that age. Yeah, we went out a couple of weeks before, a couple of days before. Um, had opportunity to practice on track beforehand, and then um, a couple of days before Worlds actually started, they actually completely bulldozed it and made some new features and stuff in it. Um, yeah, just you know the, the the America RC life, I guess you know. It's a different world it's, out it there. Is completely. I mean, the fact that we had the opportunity to practice. I mean, it were it were somewhere between forty and forty four degrees C when we were out there. Um, oh, it were it were it were ridiculous. We were charging batteries in uh, batteries in buckets of ice to try and keep the cells cool. Um, <laughs> Yeah, just you know, but the the all the old sort of journey of 
you know, the first world championships were were definitely the best world championships I've ever been to and certainly remember every little bit of it. Awesome. Just going back to you saying like America being really good for racing and stuff. I was really fortunate in 2012. I went to the Reedy race with Mick and Neil Craig and Ben yeah. Jemison and just took part in the open class. And like we got there, worked it out, see where we were and had a drive round. And I think it's like a Wednesday afternoon. We just went to a local track, do some practicing. Yeah. We turn up and there must be like 10 or 15 locals on the <laughs> dinner break. Just just practicing in, 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 the, in yeah. the work clothes. Yeah. yeah. Wait, wait. <laughs> You can't get that on a Saturday at, no. <laughs> over here, but over there, it's yeah. week on the day. Hey, we're exactly the same over over there. I mean, we uh, we we got there early. We did some racing in the daytime. We didn't do too much because we didn't want to wear all the stuff out. Um, and we we popped to a a local track on. I don't know. It would have been a night time. Um, and it were it were a place called M M&M and M Raceway, uh, and they were they they must have been fifty people there. Um, I think I, I can't remember, but I think Brian Kimwald were there. I don't know if that were his local or because uh, I mean he were at the Worlds anyway, um, yeah. so yeah. he were in the area whilst you know he might have just been there practicing. But Brian Kimwald and other people were there, and I mean the jumps and stuff in this this warehouse were massive. I mean they were bigger jumps than I'd ever seen anywhere, and they were only running. You know, little one tenth trucks and two wheel drives and four wheel drives and yeah, completely uh, you know, open my eyes to you know, racing around on at your local school hall. (laughs) (laughs) So where's your favourite track, Graham? Um my favourite track I've probably ever raced on was this World Championships out in Pomona. Um awesome circuit. Um, yeah. place called the Ranch Pit Stop it was um, just the, the the whole you know from start to finish the track they were off camber they were step ups they were you know everything about it were, were just completely different um, yeah you know come out of it with a decent result managed a 15th um, out there when I was just 16 so you know third, third Brit I think it were they were a couple in there were a couple of Brits in air final. I think it was Jamie Booth and William Mitchum. Um, and I managed to line up uh, fifth in B with nine other Americans. <laughs> Where would you like to Men. go race? Pardon? Where would you like to go race? What events would you like to enter in the future? Um, I don't know. I think I'd like to probably do... Yeah. Well, no, I don't. I, I don't have time to fit that into uh, into the national uh, calendar. I don't think. <laughs> um, to be fair, you know, some at big, some at big American races. You know, Nitro Blast and DNC, and you know, yeah. I'm not going to say there's so much on my bucket list, but you know, if if we're going out for an holiday out there or something like that, for sure, I won't. I won't think twice about packing my car and. You know, seeing if I could convince the wife to let me uh, go and spend a couple of days trackside. <laughs> <laughs> so, who's your uh, British rival? Who are you always battling with on the tracks? Um, probably the per. I mean, I, I, we race every weekend. We obviously race in similar people um, every weekend, week in, week out. But the person, the 
the the couple that I probably do battle with most of the time every weekend, week in, week out, it's probably Mike Lewis and Matt Lewis, uh, a couple of brothers that have been around uh, quite a while. Uh, they're, uh, they're quite sharp on sticks these days. And yeah, the boys yeah are it's, uh, every battle's a hard-fought battle, um, but really clean racers, really got, you know, good respect for each other on track and, you know, to know that you can do battle, you know, and not take each other out or cut track or any of them things that, you know, shouldn't happen. You know, where you it's what makes the yeah, racing, absolutely. Isn't it? No, there's a lot of there's a lot makes of people it. out there that that know how to run clean. Um, you know, over years I've, you know, over the last thirty years I must have raced Neil Craig. You know, you know he don't do so much racing with ape scale these days, but you know if he's, he's such a clean racer, and you know we respect yeah. we respect each other, and you know we have done since day one. Uh, you know, and yeah. that you know it makes makes a lot of difference when you you know you're racing hard. We all want to win, but you know winning winning fairly and cleanly is what's uh, what it's all about. Yes, definitely. Yeah. yeah. Who do you admire in RC? Who do you like to follow? JQ Boots Songaro. Um, <laughs> I, I'll I'll say Ronnie. Um, you know he's my uh, he's my number one. So. You know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, if I'm going to learn anything, I've got to learn it from people that's running the same chassis and, and same running gear as uh, as what I'm doing. So I make sure I follow him and, you know, if there's anything to learn or anything to see when, when paparazzi's taking pictures of his car and, you know, <laughs> there's always, uh, you know, there's always developments going on. And, yeah, it's uh, it's interesting to see and, and be a part of. Yeah, yeah, that's for sure. If you was to run another RC class um, other than off-road, what would it be? Boats, planes, maybe some on-road? Um, I don't know. I might, I'd, I'd say I'd say sort of eighth on-road, but I don't know how strong it is these days. We sort of, you know, we sort of the touring car stuff sort of dying and, you know, it's not as strong as it used to be. Um, I certainly fancy a go at helicopters. Helicopters. Yeah, helicopters. Yeah, I don't I don't know. I have had an helicopter. Um but as soon as it as soon as I turned it round I didn't know which way to turn sticks. <laughs> so it were uh it were difficult to uh to try and get my head round. So yeah. before I smashed it up I uh I just give it up <laughs> as a bad job. <laughs> I used to watch some of the YouTube videos of their 3D guys with the helicopters. I mean, some of them things that they do, it's just unreal. I, I don't get how they could be so close, but yet so far, you know? <laughs> I mean, all I think when I see them guys doing them stunts is what happens if they have a runaway? Yeah. You know, I've I've seen uh, I've seen an helicopter fall out at Sky. Um, you know, and that were a a 700 Raptor or something like that. Um, and when that come down, it, it sounded, it sounded like a, a full size helicopter in a James Bond film falling out at sky. Um, you know, when it landed on floor, it didn't stop, didn't stop tripping out. It just carried on and on and on until it give up. Uh, yeah, you know, scary. if that had been anywhere near anybody, it had made a mess. Um, you know, and it were only, it probably only landed 20 foot away from people. You know, it, wow. yeah, it could have been, uh, it could have been messy. Yeah, yeah. 
So uh, what's your thoughts and opinions on the UK off-road scene at the moment, dude? Yeah, I think it's pretty uh I think it's pretty good to be honest. I mean, I think some uh, some at local clubs um don't get as many people as perhaps what they used to when you sort of go and you go and support your local clubs. Um some at club meetings, you know, might you know, used to have probably three or four or five eats and and now it's, you know, two or three probably. Um obviously nationals and stuff are full a full fully subscribed. Which, uh, which I think's still good. Um, yeah, it's. I think it's been stronger. Um, I think. Um, I think you know the the diet. You know, years ago we used to just have eighth nitro, uh, and then we obviously got the electric and the truggy, and I think that diluted the the eighth scale scene a little. Um, which it yeah, which it did in one tenth. You know when. Probably in, I don't know, I'm going to make this up, 98, something like that. Um, you know, they were, they might have been 20 people on reserve list um, for a one-tenth national. And then slowly, 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 when, you know, 2001, 2002, they were, you know, they might have only have been 90 out of 120 competitors. Uh, which, yeah, it really, really died, which is, you know, when I actually left. Um, you know, but but I hear now that, you know, for first national, which the old at Robin Hood Raceway, there might be 50 on reserve list. Yeah, it was fully subscribed, that thing. Was. Uh, you know, how does it how does it go from, you know, 90 to 150? Um, so, you know, it just shows how sort of things have developed. So, you know, RC can't be, can't be too much on a down uh, based on them sort of numbers. But I think one-tenth at the minute, so, so strong. When some of them guys get a bit older and they realise they need to get a one eighth car, we uh we, we could have got we could have got a strong one eighth uh, category again. Could possibly happen, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Graham, what would you change in RC? Is there anything you'd change or you'd like to be seen doing differently or anything like that? Um, I don't know. I might be a bit old in art to be asking me that question. Um, I think. I think uh, some of this virtual reality stuff uh, could be quite cool in 8th Rallycross. Yeah. You know, they've been doing it with, uh, with, with choppers and stuff, haven't they? Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, I think, you know, if we could, if we could, if we could strap some cameras on front of us cars and uh, sit in race control and drive and run in real time, I think... Uh, with Vita's on, keeping warm. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, I think that could be quite cool. Um, I remember, uh, I remember, you know, twenty-five years ago, we used to have like a no marshal race. No marshal race. No, no marshal race. Which were on, uh, we that used to be on a pub car park. So it was just on tarmac. Uh, we saw pipe <laughs> rolled out in uh, in back of a pub. Um, you know, and one at rounds of qualifying used to be a no marshal race. So, you know, whoever got fastest time with most amount of laps that that finished. Or, or, no way. Yeah, yeah. I were not too bad at that. <laughs> no, That's no reverse no reverse allowed. I wish we did stuff like that. I think they should have more fun competition. Yeah. I know race I know everyone, whether you've got a sponsor or sponsors or not, have some 
Like, I see it in, in America years ago. They used to have, like, the height competition. Yeah. An old basher car, and they'd send it 25 foot up in the yeah, air. Yeah, well, they're still doing that, aren't they, with rockets and stuff these days. Ah, yeah, yeah. Blast. yeah, they did, uh, yeah. T-Bone and Borny yeah. yeah. with that massive jump they did. Yeah. <clears throat> Something like that, I don't know, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, just, uh, you know, but the, the things like that, you know, it is about having fun. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, we all want to win. We all want to <laughs> do the best we can. It costs a lot of money. It costs sponsors a lot of money. Um, yeah. But it's got to be fun as well. Um, I mean, I enjoy going racing. Uh, if I didn't, I wouldn't do it. But I think, uh, you know, some of the some of the fun stuff, um, you know, can can bring some of the fun fun back to it for for a lot of people, especially from a Definitely. spectating point of view as well. Definitely. Cool. Should we just talk about a little bit about Nitro Cross then this weekend, Graham? You had a great weekend from what I hear and see on the results. Um, about that? Yeah, I think <laughs> I think they call it sort of textbook, I think. Um, <laughs> you, you know, you can't the the result were were fantastic. I mean, Sunday this was so this were Nitro Cross at Shrewsbury, uh, which were round five and six, uh Sunday, Monday. Um turned up track were in a very similar condition to how we'd last raced on it. Um managed no you know no practice, so it's bolt on practice on the first round of qualifying. Um there were there were a lot of national national drivers there with with previous previous week we'd just done first round at national championship. Um didn't quite, you know, that national didn't quite go as planned. Um ended up finishing ninth in the end, which were very disappointing from our point of view. Um and this weekend there were seven drivers that beat me at, at the national at Hearts. Um, that was racing this weekend, so sort of gone on a little bit of a downer, thinking could finish seventh today, um, but apparently not. Uh, managed to TQ, uh, managed to TQ three out at four rounds on Sunday and win the final by uh, a fag paper to uh, to Matt Lewis, uh, which we had a a long hard fought battle over, um, but you know. Awesome race, awesome outcome. Uh, chuffed a bits, chuffed a bits with that. And then uh, on to Monday, uh, and I managed to go one better than that, and I managed to take you all four rounds and went final by four seconds. Wow! So awesome. Uh, and that was to, and that was to Mike Lewis um, again. Awesome race. Um, he, uh, I led final for for about twenty four minutes fifty seven seconds, and. Uh, and he led it for three seconds. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, he managed to get past me, uh, and I were I were like, "Oh no, here we go!" Um, and then he had he left me about six inch to get past, and I took it, uh, and then run away with it. Um, but awesome, awesome race! Top, top, top guys to race with. Um, yeah, uh, you couldn't have played that one out, to be honest. Um, I'll make most of it because I'm sure. I'm sure next one I'll have to work harder at because uh, them guys are are working hard. They work hard to beat me every single time we go out, and uh, and I have to work just as hard because otherwise they're going to beat me. And he does try to beat me, and he does beat me sometimes. 
<laughs> you mentioned uh, nationals. Could you guys just explain to our listeners how the UK nationals work and what you get at the end of the season? Uh, go on then, Mitch. You can kick this one off. Uh, nationals. Well, it's a championship, really. It's not just like the Americans. They have just a one big off national race. It's a it's a series, uh, a series championship. Um, basically, you need as many points as you can get. Really, you need to do as well as you can at every single round, and it's hard. Like everyone in over here, especially, is putting hundred and ten percent effort in. The top twenty, at least, are hundred and ten percent effort. Um, five out of uh, five rounds of five rounds, yeah. four to count, yep. isn't it? Yep. Um. In various spots around the UK, usually it's more down south. Down south always have a, have a couple of good national tracks, but this year it's sort of north of the country, which is good for us northern people because every weekend we're spending seventy eighty quid in diesel or petrol just to get down yep. south to get some practice. Yep. Um, yeah, I think I, I couldn't say how long the nationals have been going for in this country, but I'd say it's been going a long, long time. The people who run it. Are, Definitely, definitely yeah. before you were born, mate. Definitely, definitely. <laughs> Maybe before you were born. <laughs> so at the end of the national season, what does that give the, say, top 10 people that come in the A-final? What does that mean? A, pat on, a pat on back if you're lucky. Yeah. What about spots uh, for Euros and I mean, I mean, to be, I mean, to be honest, they, you know, obviously uh, we're, we're doing all of this for sponsors and stuff. Um uh, you know, it's all promotion for, for products that we're using. Um, yeah. Obviously, from from doing nationals, you get, as you've just mentioned, you get the opportunity to, to qualify for European Championships and World Championships, uh, which is, you know, for what we're all fighting for. Um, I mean, I've done numerous European Championships and World Championships over, over the last couple of decades. Um <laughs> Uh, have you done any, Mitch? I've done a few. Um, I've done a Euro Bs. I've done two Euro Bs, actually. And two Euro A. No, one Euro A. So I've done three in total. Yeah. What are you actually doing then, Mitch? Uh, okay. <laughs> I was a bit disappointed with the Euro B at Hearts because it's in my country. Yeah. Uh, I finished in quarters, which going back a few years now. Um, it was okay, yeah. but looking at it now, like... Which would be much better now, wouldn't it? Because obviously you're, yeah. you're way better than you used to be when uh, when you were doing that. Yeah, definitely. But uh, it's a little... To be honest, Euros I find a little bit daunting. I don't, it doesn't matter whether you're a top driver or you've just come into it. They're hard. Like, it's the best in Europe going at it. Yeah. And there's, there's, not, there's not a hair between the next person next no. to you. No. I mean, uh, you know, I've done a, I've done a lot of, lot of big races like that. I mean, my best result was a, a third at European Championships at, in Teesside. That's amazing. Uh, that in '97, um, seems like it seems like a long time ago. <laughs> I was ten years um, old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, should have been, uh, it should have been so much better than that. I managed to TQ and win Euros warm up there. Um, so I was I was gutted with third. Uh, yeah, but you know that were that were my year. That was sorry, not ninety seven. It was ninety eight. Um, but you know that's racing. You know it doesn't matter. 
how good you are. It's what happens on the day. And yeah, it, it doesn't matter how many laps you do. It doesn't matter if you go round and round and round and round. You've still got to remember to pack that bag of tricks when you go to when you go to track. If you get out like, at the wrong like, side at bed, you're wasting your time. Yeah. Like they say, everything has got to go right to win. Yeah. One thing's got to go wrong to lose. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Okay, Graham, is there anything you would like to say before going? Maybe thank the sponsors? Yeah, I mean, for sure. Um, you know, we, without the sponsors, you know, none of my RC racing um, or my RC career would have took place. Uh, I mean, there's obviously hundreds of people to to thank um, to even to, to get me to where I am. But, you know, just to yeah. mention the current sponsors, um, here we go. So, um, main sponsor... Our main sponsors, I would definitely consider HB Racing and Night Art. Um, obviously, they provide me with me, with me chassis um, and all my spares that I need to obviously keep the thing going. Um, Answer RC distributor for HB Racing. Um, I get I get my engines and stuff from Pete. Um, he's uh, he's fantastic, always on the ball. Um, there's then Optifuel, um, which I've been using for easily ten years. Awesome fuel. If you don't use it, go and grab some. Uh, Schumacher for my AstroTurf tyres. Uh, Mark at TKR Graphics for uh, for making my car look sick with my stickers. Um, Cy at Bandicoot Bodies for the spray job. Um, and then we've got Matt Box at RC Pit Box who supports me with Ipex Fast Race and Hot Race. Um, CML Distribution for my Proline tyres. Matt Bridger, RPRC for my SRT servos and maybe some MIP tools when I've saved up. Um, <laughs> IB Pro Start for keeping my engine uh, nice and warm before I fire it up. Uh, and I guess lastly, my wife for putting up with me um, and putting fuel in my car every weekend. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Um, so, yeah, that about, that about covers it. Um and, and I guess lastly, thank you guys for the interview, and uh, it's been a pleasure. Oh, you're welcome, dude. It's great. Well, was our pleasure, mate. Yeah, absolute pleasure to have you on. So I guess uh, I think that's it then, Graham. You'll have to hang up your end, mate. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me, guys. Have a great evening. Have out. fun. Bye-bye. Cheers, mate. Bye-bye. See you later. Right then, Mitch. Uh, let's talk a little bit some news and some up and coming events then. So I have some new statistics in front of me and uh, got some results from the Kent SRS and Summer Round Five. In the A final Nitro, we had Jamie Clancy, uh, Kevin Brunson in second, and third was John Hazelwood. I've also got some Deerdale uh, results here from their Summer Round Two. In the E buggy, we had uh, Paul Fife. Um, second was Adam Smith, and third was Graham Stocks. In the Nitro buggy, we had David Cantrell in the one, Jonathan Weldon in two, and Paul Irwin in three. Have you got any results from Shrewsbury, Mitch? Uh, Shrewsbury, it was sloppy, I think, one. The weekend just gone. Uh, Lewis Brothers, and then I think it was Lewis Jones in the third spot. Right, right. Um, you were also out racing this weekend, as you said, the Tesla Cup. Yeah, it was the first time I've ever competed in it. Um, always fancied giving it a go. It's with, with Tesla, obviously, it's electric cars only. Uh-huh. But they run 10th scale and 8th scale on the same day on the same track. So, 
I was just intrigued to watch 10 scale go around an 8 scale track and they, they did pretty well to be fair um, my teammate Alex bowled he drove really well and took the winning four wheel drive and uh, we managed to wrap up every round of qualifying with a TQ and take the win in the main so yeah it was, it was a really good weekend I really enjoyed it yeah yeah. and as uh, Sloppy just mentioned about the Nitro Cross the Sunday and Monday results I have in front of me so first of all Graham Allsop in the one Matt Lewis in second and Mike Lewis in third the Monday was Graham Allsop in the one again Mike Lewis in second and Lewis Jones in the third well done Lewis and I've also got some results here from the first Nitro National held at Hearts first place was Elliot Boots in the S-Works second place was Johnny Skidmore in the Agama and Lee Martin in third with the Agama do you think these guys were using the new A319 Mitch? Uh, I think so I'd like to say I, I don't know a lot about Agamas um, but I'd probably say yeah it's probably say yes yeah i would i see a little post from the nemo guys saying that the a319 was all ready to be shipped out and they're just waiting on the delivery themselves before they can get it out to the buyers cool cool uh, also in the news i've seen that kyosho have teased some pictures of a truggy possibly an mp10 version i'm not too sure have you seen it the, the kyosho tr- truggy the kyosho yeah i've seen them teasing yeah, I've, seen, I've seen i've seen him i've seen him i, I, I I don't know what's going to come of it. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see. I've also seen another Truggy out and about. Um, I saw a JQ Truggy driven by Scott Walker. That looks pretty good. Who's JQ? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it looks like a black edition. Yeah, it looked pretty good to be fair. I raced against it. uh, Yeah, it looked pretty good. I raced against it at the National. Truggy National, yeah, it went well. He did really well. Yeah, yeah. More to come on them, I guess, soon, very soon. Uh, coming up this weekend, we have the Hearts RC Models Members GP. I'll be there myself. What about you, Mitch? I won't be there, mate. I'll be at the E-Buggy and Truggy Nationals. Of course, of course. Nationals, yeah, yeah. Nationals, big races. Yeah. Well, the Hearts event is always pretty good. Uh, it's always filled up with a lot of drivers. And uh, I believe this year they were thinking about a hog roast and possibly a... Uh, Reverse uh, grid format for finals. Yeah, that'd be pretty cool. Yeah. Sort of like we say earlier in the podcast. Definitely mix racing up a little bit. Keep it fun. Keep it fun. Keep it fun yeah. I've also heard that uh, my friend Keenan White uh, over there in the Dominican Republic has done something for the Corbin Showers a Muscular Dystrophy Fund. He ate a packy chip. I'm told that these are Carolina Reaper um, sort of spiced tortilla chips. And, uh, I've been told that they're really, really hot, and I watched the video. Uh, rather him than me. Yeah, I watched the video <laughs> of him doing it. So he started eating it, and you know his face was, it was all right. Then the sweats come, and he's talking, saying, "I can't drink for five minutes," and that's the challenge. You're not allowed to drink for five minutes. And by the end of the five minutes, he was sweating and crying. But, I mean, I what a good cause, you know. He raised almost a thousand dollars for the charity. I think that's absolutely yeah. amazing and well worth the effort. So, well done, Keenan. Mate, yeah. just have to give you a little shout out there, dude. Keep up the good work. Um, so, guys, thanks for listening. I just want to thank our guest, Graham, once more for coming on the show and sharing with us. I'd also like to thank you, Mitch, for joining me. No problem, mate. It's been a pleasure as always. And I'd also like to thank our sponsors. So, our sponsors are TKR Graphics and Ike's Inc., TKR Graphics uh, produce awesome body shell stickers, wicked wing skins and stylish straps for all our RC equipment. Along with Ike's Inc, who produces custom pit boards and cool images of our RCs. 
TKR Graphics tailor make all your orders to suit your needs and make you stand out at the track. If you want to get in touch with TKR Graphics, you can find them on all social media and you can email them at sales at tkrgraphics.com. Uh, is there anyone you'd like to thank, Mitch? Uh, just tech, uh, usual sponsors, Techno for the cars, RPRC, uh, Matt Bridge and Dan Austin, who's un- who are behind me 110%. Yeah, great guys. Uh, OptiFuel and OptiPower for providing me with the fuel and the batteries, SRT. Bandicoot bodies for making my shells look fresh all the time and bright, and uh, mum and dad for helping me out and getting me here so far. Yeah, cool. I'd just like to thank JQ Racing and uh, Renix Model Tune UK for supplying me with all the latest parts and keeping me at the track. I'd also like to thank Bomber's Bodies for the wicked spray jobs that he does for me every now and again. And I'd also like to thank you listeners out there. And if you could like and share this podcast, we'd really appreciate it. This podcast will be available on all the usual platforms. And we will be back soon with some more Ape Scale chat. Until next time, guys, keep racing. Stand back.